Welcome to Hazard County, where the air is clean, the people are friendly, and everyone drives like an asshole. It's the Dukes of Hazard. Join us as we jump this podcast over a ravine and land inside the idiot box. All right. Uh, hello once again. Welcome back to Inside the Idiot Box, the show that definitely proves that those who can't teach do. And the wait, no. Those who can't do teach. <laughs> Fuck, I had it written down and I still screwed it's it all already. Right. Fucked up. Well, that's so appropriate, though. Oh, I can't do. I'm cutting all this out. <laughs> we are off to the podcast races. <laughs> that's right. All right. Once again, we're here with Jeff Griffith. <laughs> Scott Berkland. Howdy, y'all. Josh Parker. How do? I am Dennis Satterfield. And, uh, Thank you for choosing us as your podcast to listen to while you do yard work. Um, <laughs> tonight, uh, we're going to be talking about the last show that we watched, and um, it was my choice. It was uh, oh. one of my favorite shows <laughs> when I was a kid. We watched uh, The Dukes of Hazard. A uh, specific episode was called Comrade Duke. Jeff, tell us about The Dukes of Hazard. The show follows the adventures of them good old boys, the Dukes, Bo Duke and Luke Duke, whose middle name is cute, probably, and their cousin Daisy Duke as they burn rubber and dirt roads throughout Hazard County. Them Duke boys is on probation for the transference of moonshine, and they are under the reconnaissance of their wizened uncle and Duke clan patriarch, Jesse Duke, who keeps all them Dukes on his farm. Uh, being that the Dukes been in trouble with the law since the day they was born, uh, they have an honest rivalry with the Hazard County Commissioner, Police Commissioner, Land Commissioner, Bank President, Justice of the Peace, and Duke Boy Probation Officer, Boss Hogg. He's short, rotund, has an all-white suit and a matching cowboy hat, and is always plotting crooked schemes that are thwarted by them Duke Boys. Boss Hogg's right-hand man is County Sheriff Cuckoo-Coo! <clears throat> Sorry. Sheriff Roscoe P. Coltrane, coo coo coo. You just can't stop yourself from saying coo 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 when you're talking about we Sheriff Roscoe. We certainly couldn't in the 80s. <laughs> all the kids were doing it on the schoolyard back right. then. I really was. On all the t shirts. Other supporting characters include Cooter, the Hazard County mechanic. Yes, the mechanic for the entire county. Deputy Enos, who is secretly friends with the Dukes. Flash, that's Sheriff Roscoe's Basset Hound. And the, the balladeer, he's a sort of omniscient narrator of the show. And the General Lee, the Duke Boy's orange 1969 Dodge Charger with its doors welded shut, a not-so-controversial 01 painted on the side, and a decidedly more problematic Confederate flag painted on the roof. Uh, the series ran seven seasons from January 26, 1979 to February 8, 1985. Cuckoo-coo! My God, that was a mouthful. <laughs> I know. I was, it sure there, was. There was a, it's, it's might be the longest running z- series we've done up until now. Yeah. Yeah, it is. The, well, I think this is the most successful one we've done so far. Um, worth noting during the research on this one, um, I was a huge fan of this show. I had no idea it was actually somewhat b- loosely based on something. There was apparently a 1975 film called Moonrunners. That was about like moonshining in general. And this was based on the stories that were told in that film um, that came from an actual moonshiner, uh, Jerry Rushing. So 
Um, little did I know that them Duke boys were somewhat based in reality. It's a true story of them Duke boys. Yeah. Incidentally, Jeff, you mentioned the uh, doors welded shut on the Dodge Charger. Do you know why that is? I thought it was a racing car and there's something something to do with that. But that's I, it's somewhat correct. So the the uh, they're supposed to be stock car racers. Ah. Um, and the stock car racing, uh, the whole scene came out of moonshining where they would essentially remove as much dead weight as they could from the car to make it go faster. But that took away a lot of the structural integrity. So they would look for ways to, um, sort of harden up the car and welding the door shut was one of them. Ah. And the sliding in and out of the window areas. I, I mean, that was an, un. You didn't see that anywhere else in any other show. So that became kind of like the weird sort of identifying characteristic yep. of that super powered car in a way. One of the many things as a kid that I had no idea why they did it. I was just like, oh, it's badass. They're going in <laughs> and out of the windows. Yeah. Like the same way of them sliding across the hood of the car was yep. a, a completely thing. unnecessary, but pretty totally. badass. So I had heard I had heard that the whole sliding across the hood of the car came from uh Tom Wolpat, who played uh, Luke Duke, Steak knife. <laughs> uh, was supposed to, in a scene, jump over the hood of a car and his oh heel, God. his heel got hooked on the hood and he slid instead huh. and they kept it. Did you guys ever try that when you yes. were kids? Because yeah. yes. I did oh, yeah. and I could not get any further than like two inches. Yeah, I think I actually I dented the hood of my mother's car, if I remember correctly. <laughs> if you don't buff the the hood of your car and it's like the oxidized yes. nor northwestern car that my mom owned at the time, you do get about two inches in before you just screech to a halt. There's also nothing cool about sliding across the hood of a Buick Skylark. No. Yes. <laughs> and little known fact that uh, Wopat's entire left side of his body was made of nothing but turtle wax. <laughs> oh. Wow. Um, can I just say you, you mentioned a couple of characters here. We've yes. got, uh, Cooter, Cooter. and Enos, um, <laughs> both of which sound like nicknames for you genitals. Yeah. Um, if you're anything like the seven year old brains that we are just saying the names <laughs> elicits a <laughs> Enos. Um, but I think they were related where I mean, there's, yes. there's some like They're cousins or no, maybe not Cooter and Enos, but like oh, Enos, oh, Enos was related to boss hog in some way, I think. And, Cooter was an official Duke family member, but he wasn't really part of the Duke family. So much of it changed like all the time. Like the, uh, you know, Jeff had mentioned that they're on parole for moonshining mm -hmm. and the terms of that changed like every episode. That's right. Um, there's a very, you know, there's the very famous sequence in the intro, if you've ever seen the show, where it's uh, Bo and Luke shooting bow, bow and arrows at uh, bows and arrows. Um, at like an outhouse <laughs> that they make explode. Yeah. And there was a whole logic behind that where it was like the terms of their probation were they weren't allowed to carry firearms. So they yeah. had to resort to bows and arrows. Yeah. So. Yeah. Interesting. But yeah, there is, you know, sometimes they were allowed to leave the county. Sometimes they weren't like it changed episode to episode. So it wasn't because good old boys just don't carry guns. No, there was an actual logic to it. Yeah, interesting. Also very strange that like the rules and the laws would sort of change depending on the situation, because a lot of these episodes, there's like reckless endangerment that the Duke boys could be arrested <laughs> yes. for. Uh, uh, yeah, without a every doubt. single traffic law has been broken. So at some point you'd think that like 
how come Roscoe just doesn't go to the 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 farm and go, you know what, guys, we gotta we gotta haul you in. If you know, it's it's nothing you did yeah. in particular. It's just all of the shit that you've done in the last yeah. seven seasons. Uh, I mean, guys, all- you've been in trouble with the law since the day you were born. So come on, uh, obviously, <laughs> they've been to baby jail. <laughs> <laughs> Sliding across the uh, hood of their stroller. Oh, my God. Hey, here's another piece of uh, Duke Cannon. Um, And by the way, Duke Cannon is Jeff's nickname for his own asshole. Um, (laughs) Uncle Jesse... I'm going to cut that Which is also a nickname for Jeff. Why would you cut that? Why would you cut that? That's that's brilliant. Um, Duke Cannon. Duke Cannon. Uh, Brown eye. <laughs> Uncle Jesse. So apparently, Uncle Jesse took care of Luke and Bo and Daisy after their parents were killed in a car crash. Um, Daisy's too. Daisy's too. That's, that's but, three siblings all died exactly. in the same car. Jesus, wow. man. That would, no, so it was. It's six people in the same car. Is that what we're saying? Six different couple or two, three different. It's couples? Hazard County, Georgia. So they were all making out at the same time. Oh, gross. I was going to say it's it's Hazard County, so everybody drives like assholes. So maybe yes. each couple had their own car and they crashed into each other. It's in the name, for God's sake. Why can't these assholes figure this out? Um, so the particular episode that we're watching is called Comrade Duke. Jeff, tell us about Comrade Duke. This is uh, takes us into season five, episode 17. This originally aired February 11th, 1983. It's about a Russian gymnastics team's passing through Hazard County. They stop at Cooter's Garage to fix their tour bus. And the, st- the team's star gymnast, Natasha, escapes. And the Duke boys, Coy and Vance, plus Cousin Daisy and Uncle Jesse, help her escape those Ruskies and Boss Hog. Uh, wait, who the hell are Coy and Vance? Uh, yeah. So, uh, for those not in the know... Um, the story behind this is, and, and, you know, this is a good opportunity to talk about how much we all hate Dennis for selecting this episode and not a <laughs> Bo and Luke episode. Um, so they were into season five and by this point, you know, very popular show making a ton on merchandising and all the actors on the show very rightly said, we want a piece of that action because their likeness was on lunch boxes and t-shirts and action yep. figures. Um, and so they all kind of got together and decided that uh, Tom Wopat and John Schneider were going to be the ones who were going to be the holdouts. Um, Catherine Bach, who plays Daisy, actually was going to uh, strike on the show as well. And they and it turns out very wisely, the producer said, um, told her, no, you need to stay on because if too many of us leave, we've taken all of the ammunition away and the whole thing's going to collapse on itself. So. Uh, Wopat and Schneider were holding out for more money and the producers basically called their bluff and not only said, um, we're going to bring in replacement actors, but literally told the casting agents, find people who look as close to Tom Wopat and John Schneider as you can. And then once these, uh, two actors, uh, were cast, uh, Byron Cherry, who plays Coy and Christopher Mayer, who plays Vance, they actually had acting coaches come in 
and train them how to act like Wopat and Schneider. So, crap. Um, you know, that's got to be like the ultimate actors, like double edged sword where you're like, man, I finally got this prominent gig and I know exactly what the score is. And they're literally training me to be this other individual. Like it could not be weirder. And the show obviously comes up with this whole cockamamie story around why it happens and it's Bo and Luke finally get off probation and they get the opportunity to go racing on the NASCAR circuit so they abruptly leave Hazard and Coy and Vance swoop in to fill that gap oh yeah they get better um merchandise uh cut in NASCAR than they do in Hazard County so that makes sense. <laughs> yeah they actually get paid for their likenesses in NASCAR That's right well and they refilmed just certain sections of the opening credits like exactly frame by framed it like in and it just it's the creepiest thing to watch. They really do. Now, I got to say to this show's credit on the intro, um, and this is something that I had totally forgotten about Dukes of Hazard. They do this whole sort of montage of what's going to happen on tonight's episode. And I actually made a note as we were watching this that that was kind of cool. I'm like, why don't yeah. more shows do that anymore? This sort of kind of. You know, and it there's nothing in it if you go back and watch the montage that spoils anything. Um, but it's just sort of a great like kind of building excitement before the opening credits. Well, you know what it does is it shows a lot of car chases, so that spoils yep. a lot. I yes, mean, if exactly. You, if you well, didn't know, there's gonna be a lot of car chases in this a lot episode. Of car chases on this show. Oh, I, I got to say, Buck Rogers did that. When we watched Buck Rogers, yeah. they had they had that too. So I think it's yeah, just it was a very that. '80s convention. Absolutely. Maybe they're just burning. They didn't have enough commercial time, so they just had a lot of time to <laughs> exactly. kill. They were coming uh, in at uh, 40 minutes, needed to get up to that 43, 44 with commercials. There's, well, just how meandering the car chases are, for yeah. sure. That shows they're trying to pad it. And then at any time, and we'll get into it later, but there is an airplane in this episode, a crop duster, and it lands... Uh, in two different scenes, it lands and then taxis up to the <laughs> like, office. Like, does the entire taxi. <laughs> they show every bit of that. No like, one will be seated during the taxiing sequence. <laughs> They're waiting for the propeller to come to a complete stop before the uh, pilot gets out. So now I do have to say, and and Dennis, I don't know if you have the audio of this. Um, in this montage, they do all these bizarre audio clips um, where... In at least two of them, they use just noises that Boss Hog makes. Yeah. And in one of them, they just kind of go, fuck it, and they clip it like halfway through the noise. Well, here, I, I have the entire uh, thing. Oh, yeah, it's great. Only, it's only Let's 30 seconds. Um, I got to say, the editor was uh, – was there an editing strike during this time? Because <laughs> <laughs> that was also handled by <laughs> Coy and Coy and Vance. Did, did – did, uh, yeah, did the editors walk and they had two guys off the street that – they taught how to be editors. Hey, Byron Cherry has two hands. Oh, they can, can do, do it. two things at once. If Ray Walston can do his own stunts, then Byron <laughs> Cherry can certainly edit the show. Um, all right, here, here it is. A lot of weird edits and jumps. Um, you won't see them, but you'll, you'll hear some of the weird audio. Tonight on the Dukes, the Russians come to a place called Hazard. And their best athlete wants to stay with the Dukes. And here's just a bunch of car chasing. These cars. Lots of cars. We're stuck. We're stuck. (laughs) 
So yeah, so there's two there's two parts in there where Boss Hog has a reaction. One where he is uh, yelling something, or, and they just they cut it way too short. He instead of saying "Hey, get away from me" or whatever he's supposed to say, they go "Hey," <laughs> and then it cuts. Very strange. Um, and then and there's an, a, a part there at the end where he, <laughs> yeah, he just kind of looks at at the guys he's talking to, and he goes "Hey." Out of context, in context, it's weird. Out of context, it is even better. fucking bizarre. Yeah. Uh, so, because I know we go right into uh, Act One, um, we should talk a little bit about the theme song. So, what was interesting uh, about Dukes of Hazard, if you're not familiar with the show, is the theme song was recorded by country music great Waylon Jennings, and he actually is written into the show as a character called the Balladeer. And guys, I don't know what you think. I I will throw this open to discussion. I think arguably in pop culture over the years, the Balladeer has become the most uh, referenced and known character from this show. Um because they, you know, they had a convention and I think we might talk about it later on in the episode of when they would go to commercial, they would set up a cliffhanger and yeah. that would always be the opportunity for the balladeer to go. I don't know how the Duke boys are going to get out of this yep. one. And that sort of that that notion has become like yeah. pop culture gold over the years. He's definitely the character that the fans cosplay as most. <laughs> <laughs> Which is they, just I the only time you see him in the intro is just from the neck down. Yeah. See him with a guitar. He was actually in uh one episode, and I believe I might be wrong on this, he was part of they they did this super weird thing, and I don't know if they did it in any of the Koi and Vance episodes, where Roscoe and Boss Hogg would set up a speed trap. And I don't know if you guys remember this. They would entrap country music stars who were on their way to play a gig somewhere and then would make them play in Hazard County as <laughs> as their means of getting out of the, the ticket. And so they ended up that ended up becoming their like, you know, love boat type celebrity of the week. I don't remember that. I don't yeah, it was, it was super, super duper weird. I'm going to carry a guitar in my car from now on. If I get a speeding ticket. <laughs> and I'm hope see that if, you get stopped in Hazard County. Well, I just see if it works. Like, well, listen, officer, I'm sorry I was going, you know, 50 in a 35 zone, but I can play a gig for you if, if you want. Well, Dennis, if you'd be willing to play this song. <laughs> uh, act one. Cousin Daisy Duke is learning to fly with her instructor, Darcy. And the Duke boys follow her in the General Lee to the airport. She flies over a touring bus filled with Russian gymnasts, and the bus appears to be having engine troubles. So Borov, a KGB agent, and his henchman Androvich decide to stop in Hazard. Daisy lands the plane and tries off with the Duke boys. Yes, it was as exciting to watch as I just described it. So uh, this first scene is literally like nothing but exposition <laughs> for later on in the show. Yeah, it's it's literally just like wasting your time to go. Here's why Daisy need knows how to fly, because this is going to come into play a little bit <laughs> later on. Yeah. And and the the balladeer is sort of the guy to like do that in a way like it's built into the show to have this guy who can just like tell you what the fuck's going on and you don't have to. Well, and Jeff, you had an interesting uh, 
observation on what who you thought the balladeer sounded like? <laughs> well, at least during this one sequence, he's he's talking, he's introducing like that these are Russians and whatnot. And I just swear to God, he's he sounded exactly like Mitch Hedberg. Here, let me let me play that part. No, I don't speak Russian. Nope. But I do watch the Olympics. And inside is a bunch of young Russian gymnasts. And them two sour dudes up front, they sure don't look like coaches to me. Nope. Yeah, nope, I don't speak Russian. And it just, I was like, the rhythm <laughs> to that, oh my God, I was like, holy shit. Well, I love that the balladeer says, nope, I don't speak Russian. And we're observing a bus full of Russians. And so my first thought was, well, why are the two, if you want to call them the bad guys, I don't think they're bad guys, but they're the two guy in charge of the gymnasts. Why are they speaking English the whole time? It's so that the audience can understand them, obviously. Uh, yeah, I mean, did we... See, did I wanted them to do like a smooth, like Hunt for Red yeah. October thing where they're yes. speaking Russian and then you like zoom in on the lips and... Um, yeah, yeah. Now, I, I will say the balladeer also comments a couple of times in the episode... Um, I think one is supposed to assume because he doesn't understand the accent that they sound like Yankees. He goes, they sound like Yankees, don't they? No. And, you know, that <laughs> leads into something that we were talking about with the show before the podcast, which is you're never quite sure which side this show takes in terms of like its thoughts on North versus South. Like there are some times where it seems like they're bagging on people from the South and Sometimes where it seems like they're bagging on the North. It's a very strange show in that regard. I, I think maybe it's it's Hazard County versus everywhere else in the world. <laughs> I will say in terms of Hazard County, if you've ever been to Georgia, this is clearly California. Um, yes. This is the brownest of brown desert scrub that you will ever see in terms of the backgrounds. And it was literally like the producers went, hey, wildlife is wildlife. Like, what do these people know? Oh, yeah. You can see like mash tents in the background because they're yes. filming the, the show there. It's they totally did bad. actually the the first I, I looked this up and I want to say it was like the first two to five episodes they shot in Georgia, I think around like Conyers and it just got too expensive. And then when it became clear that they thought they had a hit on their hands they moved it back to Burbank and California. Um, interestingly enough, mainly because of the vehicles, like the production costs were fine, but they were having to do so much vehicle modification and repair work that it was just easier to have it here where the stunt guys and the vehicle experts were. Hmm. So they shot all over uh, the Valley and, and uh, outlying areas. You know, they shot up uh, in uh, Agora Hills and Malibu they did uh, some shooting up in uh, Santa Clarita, up just north of Magic Mountain in an area called Indian Dunes, Indian Dunes Ranch and, and motocross uh, track. And I actually, when I was a little kid, my dad, who was into motocross at the time, took us up to, to uh, uh, race motorcycles up there. And the, one of the little racetracks they had there had a bunch of crushed up cars. A lot of them were the white police cruisers, hazard oh. police cruisers, and even a couple of General Lees. Well, they, you, you, know, you know, and and we get into this later in the episode, they had about a billion of those sort of pre-destroyed um, cars because it ties into something that happens in this episode where you're like, that's a little too clean for what just <laughs> happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it'll fall from like three stories on all four tires 
and then you'll just see it driving away. No, like, right. no problem. <laughs> so another interesting thing about this introduction is they keep talking about how poorly Daisy flies. And then the, I, I, I hesitate to call it stock footage because I think it was actually filmed for the episode, but this footage of this biplane landing is perfectly fine. And so yeah. the whole time you're, you're like, you're just talking shit about how she doesn't know how to fly. And the landing seems completely fine and smooth to me. It's a nitpick, but I, I recall like in the scene, you can hear the tires screeching on the runway when it's still in the air. And I was just like, was that a, was that from Speak, the video I was watching or is that speaking of fun audio? So there's a, a moment in this this first act where Coy and Vance pull up to the uh, airplane hangar to get out to meet Daisy. Mm-hmm. And as they're getting out, Coy makes this grunt noise that's supposed to be him getting out of the uh, the General Lee. And it sounds like they're running him through like a chorus pedal on a guitar or something. <laughs> Dennis, here, here. do you have that? Yeah, here it is. that's so weird here (laughs) oh yeah it does have that sort of echo you chorus him and you kind of get like a phil silvers exasperated like yeah (laughs) um (laughs) interdimensional coy Um, yeah, man, everybody on this show, the editors, uh, were obviously replaced with the new editors. I think, is that what happened here? The sound editing was the same thing. Yes. They, they, uh, they didn't like the fact that their likenesses were on lunch boxes and they weren't getting paid for it. So act two, the Russian bus is now at Cooter's garage and the Duke boys with cousin Daisy stop in to pick up uncle Jesse's truck while they're taking care of business. A Russian gymnast. Natasha sneaks off the bus and hides under a tarp in the back of Uncle Jesse's truck. And uh, who who runs the garage, Jeff? Cooter. <laughs> Cooter. Oh, I thought you were trying to get me to do uh, uh, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome um, impression. <laughs> I was also Hazard, thinking of that. Ron well. Hazard Garage. <laughs> Cooter Town. Wait, no, I just wanted Cooter to town. say Cooter. Cooter Town runs by the town. That's my... Who runs Please Cooter Please don't hurt Cooter. <laughs> Nobody is going to understand this. So <laughs> Cooter is actually... Um, so this is a really interesting show because if you take the fact that that asshole Dennis Satterfield made us watch a Coy and Vance episode... Sorry. Um, True. They actually... They were very responsive to the audience and they changed a lot based on... Um, you know, early on, it became really apparent. And like Dennis was saying, and, you know, Jeff said it as well. And and Josh, we all love this as kids. And they really did not intend on this being a kid show. And so they changed a lot after the, the first few episodes of the first season when it became apparent that kids were really into it. And Cooter was one of those things. Um, I don't know if you guys remember the early episodes, but he kids was love like his, uh, kids love the cooter. <laughs> he was like a really wild sort of more aggressive, crazy character. And they toned him way, way down after that first season just to make it more like family accessible. And I had sort of forgotten that until I watched it. I was like, wasn't he like a wilder character in yeah. the, the early episodes? I did have a cooter lunchbox when I was a kid. Did you really? No, I, I don't. No, remember. there's not a cooter lunchbox. <laughs> I, you guys, I 
you know, it's I, I can only dream of such things, so I'm I, easily swayed on this. He just likes eating out of a cooter. Yeah, okay, I'm cutting that out. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Please. So sorry to all of you. Uh, I did have a Dukes of Hazard uh, lunchbox. Funny story. I got the one that was supposedly indestructible. It was made of this like really tough plastic, and uh, Dukeanite. It was. <laughs> it was made of. It was made of Dukeanite, and um, it was. It's. It's a. It's a material that can only be found in Hazard County, Georgia. Um, anyways, no, I, it was, it was this lunchbox. It was supposedly indestructible. The commercial had like, you know, a big guy jumping on top of it and it wouldn't break. Um, I had it for about a week. And as I was walking to school one day, this is a true story. Uh, walking through a crosswalk, I was hit by a car. Oh my God. I was fine. I had some bruises, no broken bones, anything like that. But my lunchbox was trashed for whatever reason. I think maybe the lunchbox took the brunt of the, uh, Mm -hmm. maybe that's why I was, I was saved saved. your life. The lunchbox, Dukanite, the strongest (laughs) material known to man, uh, saved my life. The question is, like, right as the vehicle made contact with you and you were, like, throwing the lunchbox up in the air, did you freeze and (laughs) hear hear a voice go, well, I wonder how Dennis is going to get out of this one. (laughs) Right about that time, he wished he had some Dukanite. (laughs) I wish I had a suit made of Dukanite. A Dukanite suit. (laughs) So, so. These guys, these Russian guys are like, you know, figuring out that uh, they got a broken down bus. So they take it to Cooter's garage. Cooter's checking it out in the back. And he's like, yeah, this is going to be no problem. It's good. And he's like, what? Who the, Who are you guys? And he's like, oh, yeah, we've got a bus full of gymnasts. We're heading up to I think they're going to Atlanta. And and I was struck because Cooter is just like gymnasts, huh? You mean like parallel bars and and tumbling and you know somersaults and he seems to go on for a long time just to establish I'm unclear what, on the concept <laughs> what is a gymnast i'm like really we gotta you gotta get in there to understand what a gymnast is gymnast you say cooter exchanged his rough and tumble self for just being plain old dirt stupid <laughs> yes apparently another change yeah. from season one the thing about cooter is even though he's always wearing this hat on the sides, you can tell he's got Glenn Campbell's 1976 <laughs> through 1978's haircut. Remember when Glenn Campbell kind of got fat, had a beard, and had like his hair looked like Lego hair? <laughs> it was like a helmet of hair. Ben was Jones. that was that like Southern Nights era, Glenn? That was like, yes, yes, it was. Have yes, you it was. Ever felt the that was the Southern Nights era. Uh, ben Jones had Glenn Campbell's haircut. Ben Jones, by the way. Not to uh, get too far into your cooter. Um, <laughs> but Please, ben do, Jones, a, do a deep dive on my cooter. Uh, ben Jones uh, ran for and won a seat in uh, the House of Representatives for the state of Georgia. And did and, he ever have sleeves? No, he wore no sleeves. While Just like Jim Jordan doesn't wear <laughs> yeah. a, a jacket, he never wore a sleeve. <laughs> um, in 94, he ran against uh, Newt Gingrich and lost. And oh, I don't think he ever held office ever oh, that again. That could have changed the oh, uh, course of America. I thought you were going to say he ran against Boss Hogg because that would no. be great. <laughs> so he was. So he was like the Fred Grandy. Uh, was it Fred Grandy from Love Boat that yes. had like the political career? 
Yes, it was. Gopher. Gopher yeah. and Cooter. Yes, TV's Gopher. Gopher and Cooter. They're cops. That was the first squad. <laughs> so I uh, I took note of the fact that um, in this sequence, as Natasha is like escaping from the bus, you get the world's weirdest sneaking music. So it's like this weird... It, it almost sounded like a Zappa, you know, riff that he would set behind one of his guitar solos that is occasionally punctuated by a weird, like, blow on the saxophone. Here, here, wait, I have it. Listen. anticipation <laughs> when is that next gonna come wait it's coming hang on hang on wait 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 wait. there it is <laughs> so bizarre it does have a kind of a, a zappa it is i mean he's i for, can totally hear a zappa fan he's, he's he has a very famous guitar solo it's, called was, watermelon and easter hay and yes, his, yes you know his convention was, was coming up with these very simple like repetitive riffs that he would solo over and it totally sounds Didn't like that dear. um yes you were listening to waylon jennings and the mothers of invention <laughs> um, exactly scott you got to do your uh if if frank zappa was the ba- uh balladeer oh gosh um if you zappa- have to come up with it now but think about it think yeah. about it I was just going to say, when Natasha's exiting the bus window, it seemed pretty awkward. I would think for an Olympic gymnast, she would have, you know, done like a flying leap into a somersault or something like that. <laughs> but she just kind of like, you know, slinks <laughs> out. out. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It did not look very, uh, very athletic at all. You know, the the thing that's funny about this uh, show, too, and I, I think we have an example of this later in the episode as well, but there's so much vehicle stuff that does not lend itself to dialogue shoots on the day of. And so they yeah. do just an ass load of like ADR yes. um, in post. And, you know, some of it matches up, some of it doesn't, but there's a really, as the uh, uncle Jesse's truck and uh, general Lee are pulling out at the end of the scene, there's like a weird, completely unnecessary bit of Daisy ADR. That's like, Hey, just to remind you, there's human beings in this vehicle. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Bye bye now. Can very, I hear that one more strange. time? Sure. Thank you. It sounds like like an anime uh, little girl like sound to me, like. It's it's like the director or the you know the audio mixing guy is like sure they can see they're leaving but how do they know they're leaving we have to hear them leave and then I think in the booth the director said just say these three things in rapid succession maybe I'm maybe I'm thinking it's a hooter from Captain EO hooter. <laughs> Um, oh my god! My note for this at this very end of the scene is when Koi pulls out from Cooters, he burns rubber because they can't fucking move the General Lee at a a, a normal pace. Right. It always has to be burning out everywhere it goes. Well, you got to understand it's the General Lee. Like. I understand that, but I'm like they're in a small town with kids and pedestrians, so slow the fuck down. 
and it marks the street. Like, you can see the rubber that it lays down. It's like, how big of an asshole do you have to be? You're not even going anywhere. You're just taking <laughs> Uncle Jesse's truck back home. Like, what's the rush? Yeah, you're not, like, you know, running from the cops at this point. No. Just drive normal. Everywhere they go, limit. they're, like, burning out. I'm like, dude, it's that That moon shining is ingrained in you. I guess like, so. And it's And it's possible that the car just simply cannot help but burn out everywhere it goes if they were frank zappa as they pulled out they would have gone you're probably saying to yourselves i could do that and of course you can so twitch around (laughs) and have a good time with the dukes of hazard (laughs) and that is what it would sound like if i think it would sound frank zappa was the balladeer um this is the first time we see the city of Hazard, and it was filmed in an area that Josh, you and I have a lot of experience. I was we worked there for a while. It was uh, the Warner Brothers backlot, right? Yeah, it was. Uh, what was the name of the? Uh, oh, I think it was just called Midwest Street. I think that's what it was called. Is this the place where like Music Man like comes out at the yeah. end? It is. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Didn't they also film Gilmore Girls? Wasn't it the same town? Yeah, it's got Gilmore that. Uh, there's Girls. that gazebo in front yeah. of it that's really distinctive too. Yes, Dennis. It's it's the massive, hugely and and totally awesome movie Music Man, and also Gilmore Girls like filmed there. That's right, and time permitting, Jesus Gilmore Christ. Girls. Also, Norbit filmed there. <laughs> it really did. That's not a joke. Who, who could free? Well, <laughs> it did, and it is a joke. How dare Wait, you? is uh, it's a wonderful life? Was that uh, in that in that circle? I can't remember. Are you just naming movies now, Jeff? Yeah, now I'm just naming movies. Merry Christmas, you wonderful old cooter. <laughs> <laughs> also, the uh, the Muppets and uh, La La Land filmed in that location. They all filmed at Hazard County. I mean, it's an it's an old old area, so I'm sure yeah. it's it's yeah. a ridiculous amount of movies have been known to be filmed there. But Act Three later. While following Uncle Jesse's truck, Daisy notices something moving under the tarp, and they discover Natasha. Sparks fly between Doughboy Coy and Natasha. (laughs) So there's a great line that I have to point out in this where (laughs) um, Coy and Daisy are riding together, and they see the movement underneath the tarp, (laughs) and the exchange is, what's under the tarp in Uncle Jesse's pickup? Nothing but another tarp. They they apparently have a really special tarp that they have to protect by covering well, it with another tarp. you don't want tarps tarp. to get wet. Well, yeah, duh. Not that one. I mean, the, the one on top is okay to get wet, but the one well, on the yeah, bottom, that's you the, must protect that's it. That's the tarp's tarp. Uh, who was uncomfortable with the handshake between Natasha oh, and Koi? Oh, it's so disturbing. And she's like, and he. And I swear I see his little middle finger go in and do that little palm rub that the fuck me handshake. I swear that happened but yeah it she's was confused he's smitten, I, I as a and, viewer was confused yeah thus begins an incredibly uncomfortable courtship between koi and natasha i call it the hazard county romance where a 28 year old man and a 15 year old girl fall in love at first sight <laughs> mm-hmm. that was odd this uh, so this is also the scene where um the camera gets to get some nice close-ups of koi and vance um <laughs> And really sort of highlights that the direction of the casting director was, you know, like John and Tom, but, you know, like John and Tom just got punched in the face several times. <laughs> they, yeah, they do have, they do have a sort of Play-Doh sort of quality to them. <laughs> it was that scene that I noticed that, uh, that Koi has incredibly tight pants. 
<laughs> That's when you noticed it? I just was You were like, not paying attention what? to the opening credits. Oh, you were late to the party, sister. What's what's the what's male camel toe called? Moose knuckle. Moose knuckles. <laughs> yeah, he was moose knuckling. That's I was like, "Oh my." <laughs> In Hazard County, we call that koi knuckle. <laughs> Coisters. 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 <laughs> it's going to be said like the Three Stooges. Coisters. Right in the coisters. All right. So uh, Natasha yes. was hiding because obviously she wants to defect and they catch her and they say, well, we got to take you back to Uncle Jesse. He'll He'll know what to do. <laughs> so apparently Uncle Jesse is up on international politics. Well, of course. And, Uncle Jesse uh, is the patriarch of the family. They don't know shit from nothing, so they take... Jesse's going to know what to do. Act 4. Back at Cooter's garage, the bus is fixed, and they head off. In moments, they discover their star gymnast, Natasha, is missing. Borov orders the bus to turn back to Hazard and calls in reinforcements. Um, My note here was, and I don't mention it in you know the synopsis, but they uh, try to tip Cooter. They're like, here, here's the money we owe you. Never and here's tip, never tip Cooter. <laughs> never just the tip. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I when I was uh, when I was in high school, I tried to tip Cooter all the time, and uh, I was oh, never Cooter tipping coisters deep. Coister deep in your. Oh. <laughs> We're on the bus, and it and I can't remember which guy his his lackey comes up to Borov and is like, someone's missing, and Borov's like, are you sure? Count again. He's like, I have. It's Natasha. I'm like, this is yet again another example of why this episode could have been 27 minutes. Yes. Is why you just say, hey, Natasha's missing. Just cut right to it. Why did we have to have that exchange even? And but, once again, and I know I've bitched already. Why? Who are they speaking English for? Um, I actually, I, I had a thought in this scene that it could have been fun if those two guys were just speaking English to each other. And then when they turned to the team, they were speaking Russian, mm. almost like, you know, they were keeping the team from understanding what they were saying. That's a lot but, of nuance. Yeah, that's, that's, that's some nuance that <laughs> yeah. you're not going to get out of and, Dukes of Hazard. And would we have had like subtitles when they were speaking Russian? Because <laughs> once again, as you said, the audience at that point were kids. And that's right. We they couldn't gonna, read. We were Nobody read. that was a Dukes of Hazard fan could read. Ouch. I was just going to say younger viewers didn't want to read, but <laughs> okay, fine. I, uh, you know, well, you know, I would be in that, uh, that group. I literally had a, uh, I thought it was badass at the time. I had this metal Dukes of Hazard watch, um, digital watch when Ooh. I was a kid that actually played the, was it a digital watch? The alarm went off. It was a digital watch. You know why? Because stupid Dukes of Hazard fans don't know how to tell time any other way. <laughs> they <laughs> can't read true. and they don't know how clocks work. That's not true. That's I grew me. up in Florida, so I had like everything against me at that point. Um, so uh, this is also a good time to point out that these these uh, Ruskies um, for emergencies like this actually have a scramble phone. Um, in a briefcase, and I guess it's appropriate to what you would have had at the time, but the briefcase is fucking enormous. It's like the width of both of these guys, like side by side, <laughs> and then like a third of that additionally. Yeah, just whatever the prop guy had on hand. Well, I've got this phone receiver yeah. and a piece of Samsonite. I can stick <laughs> exactly. them together, and that's what we we'll call it a quote-unquote scramble phone. cell phone. Whatever. What does, what does scramble mean in Russian? Briefcase? 
because all it was is a big old briefcase <laughs> with a phone receiver in it. With delicious eggs inside. <laughs> Act five. <laughs> Back in Hazard, Borov and Androvich got off the bus and send it off to the tournament. They ask Cooter about Natasha, and he sends them over to County Courthouse. Cooter. Cooter. So the guys, the guys get off the bus, and yep. they walk up to Cooter, mm. and the bus drives off. Yes. And Cooter stands there and asks him, hey, are you guys back because the bus is giving you trouble as it's driving off? And he's watching that. <laughs> he's, no, not, he's not the brightest guy. Oh, Cooter. Cooter, the trouble is we can't keep the bus in any one place. It, it keeps driving keeps off. So ridiculous. Cooter's like, he's like, are you back to explain further what a gymnast is? Because I really. <laughs> Thanks, boys. So, the whole thing where you were saying they were somersaulting <laughs> I, I was... is, is one to believe they were doing some kind of roll on a mat of some sort. I've been pondering that since you left, and I'm so glad you're back because I want to really sit down with you on this. <laughs> Act six at the county courthouse. <laughs> Court horse. You. Court horse. That's very Hazard County of you. Act six. At the county courthouse, Boss Hog exercises on a rowing machine as Borov tells him of the missing girl why Andranovich and Sheriff Roscoe look on. After performing a sight gag of hitting Sheriff Roscoe in the shin with the rowing oar enough times to realize it will never be funny, Boss Hog and the Russians run out after them dukes. <laughs> so boss hog we haven't talked a lot about him we really have is is played by uh, a really really great actor named sorrel brook and like if you look up sorrel brook's background he's literally like a yale trained actor i mean this guy knows his stuff or i i'm sorry i keep saying sorrel brook it's sorrel book oh, fuck. No all right R. let's let's go back to act five yes We'll Let's re-record it. all of it. What he doesn't know is how the hell to figure out a Southern accent. Um, I sort of knew this from having watched the show as a kid, but I literally made a note to myself as we were watching. Uh, when you find an accent, hop on. Um, <laughs> um, it, just... It's like, it's well, it's the Hollywood version of, you can tell it's like what a theater person or a Hollywood person goes, well, this is my understanding of what the South is. So, you know, this is what I'm going to make it sound like. Hmm. Um, and he even said, I was doing some, some research on, on his, like how he came about boss hog and he was sort of aping several politicians at the time. And you get a lot of that sort of Louisiana kind of drawl mm -hmm. in there, yeah, which he yeah. does nail pretty well. Um, but it's just not what a Georgia person, like, you know, if you look at like, um, from a modern day acting perspective, if you look at like, uh, Jack McBrayer, that's a Georgia accent. Yeah. Um, you know, Jack's from the sort of Conyers area of Georgia, and that's what a Georgia person sounds like. Um, what Sorrel is doing is really like sort of a, a Louisiana, this weird yeah. kind of drawl where he hits it on certain words and it's not there on other words. Well, it's, wait, it sounds it's like very he's, strange. It sounds like he's doing Jackie Gleason doing uh smoking the bandit guy. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. It does. Uh, yeah, almost like they're inspired by that. Yeah, um, I agree. And you've got uh just the amazing like my my favorite thing in this series James Best. Uh I think this is his first appearance in this episode. Mm -hmm. Um as Roscoe and you know we talked a little bit about um uh why how we got to a coy advance. So interestingly enough, 
uh, James Best, he walked for a few episodes and it was based on their on location conditions because they would do so many scenes where, and you have one in this episode where, you know, the sheriff's car would end up in mud or in dirt or something and they would come out all, you know, dirty or muddy. And I guess the conditions uh, on location were really, really shitty in terms of like allowing the actors to shower and stuff afterwards. And so he actually boycotted like, um, I think in this stuff that I saw online, like three to five episodes um, before they got them better conditions. Um, yeah, because he had a his his trailer or dressing room literally didn't have a shower. So he was like being sprayed yeah. down with. Yeah. A hose and they're or like, something. here, let's let's put you in horse shit. Isn't that funny? And now you have no ability to shower afterwards. Um, and I think we talked about this a little bit earlier, but he was also originally more sinister in that first season. And they were really hammering the corrupt aspect of the character and of Hog. And kids just really took to James Best. And you understand why. Like, he's a really funny dude. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I know we've been making fun of the sort of QQQ and all the stuff that he does, but he does these little isms. Um, and they're just, they're really, I mean, you know, we make fun of them now, but they're really terrific. He's um, a cartoon he, character. He really is. And, and, and that's what this show needs is it's sort of a live Looney Tunes. It did have a cartoon spinoff. It did. Yeah. Children were really drawn to the show. So naturally they had to make a cartoon. <laughs> no. That's a terrible joke. So was this a so Josh, do you have memories of this? Was this like a Saturday morning? I, you know, like- I, I it wasn't one of my favorites, but I remember it being on because you know, in back in yeah. the day, you'd sit down and just watch the entire block of yeah. cartoons. Uh, and I remember being on there and seeing it, um, but it was never like a like a favorite or anything. No, it, I don't think it was very good from what I remember. Um, and. I didn't remember this, but in researching the fact that there was a cartoon, um, Coy and Vance actually were in the first season of the cartoon. Really? Of of Hazard. Yes. And then after uh, Wopat and Schneider came back, they got booted. Oh. And either, even their likenesses. So they got booted from two shows. <laughs> yes, they did. Yes, they did. <laughs> That's brutal. Um, and I just wonder if, uh, with all the talk of of merchandising rights and, and licensing your likeness, I wonder if the actors that played Coy and Vance ever like got money for the fact that they were on the cartoon and were they on any lunch boxes or anything? I would argue the fact that they took the gig in the middle of that. The producers probably were very specific about their contract. <laughs> okay, now don't get any smart ideas here, guys. You're replacing <laughs> exactly. people that were giving us trouble for this shit anyway. So don't Man, even think I, about asking. I hope they got something because you know. They they get a lot of shit, and I've given them a lot of shit. Um, but it's this like a thankless gig, you know? Absolutely. And I think you know it, the reason why this episode is is so like hard to watch isn't because the Dukes of Hazard was a bad show. It was a show for kids. It was a show about car chases and stunts, and you know, kind of silly stuff. And and the um, clan. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. I hope there was no, none of that in there. Oh. I don't remember any of that in Damn there. Damn clan um, boys. <laughs> but I think, um, you know, say what you will about like James Best and, and Sorrel Book and, and how silly they are. It was fun to watch. And the car chases were fun to watch. But what was not fun to watch is two guys doing an impression of two other guys. 
Yeah. That was, I think, was really hard. Yeah. And not doing a very good and job. Not, not a very was, good one either. No, but it I was. I think we it, call that the cootering. Oh, God. What? Which was a great horror movie, by the way. The cootering. I think we should move on. Act six. At the county courthouse, boss. Oh, wait. Oh, I thought we were going to move on. <laughs> oh. So close. Did you feel like it's you like were the, like going the Groundhog's Day of Dukes of Hazard here? Boss Hog's Day. <laughs> Boss Hog came out and saw a shadow. Act seven. Back Ten at more Uncle weeks Je- of Q Q Q. Oh, you don't want to move on. Act seven. Back at Uncle Jesse's farm, Natasha retells her story to Jesse, and they exchange cultural practices and wisdoms. They find out Natasha has kinfolk in Detroit, and just then the sheriff shows up. The Duke boys grab Natasha and skedaddle out the back to the awaiting General Lee. So now the great thing about this scene is this is also our first uh, opportunity to get some real close ups of Vance. And uh, boy, <laughs> that's the great thing about this. scene. <laughs> boy, Vance is uh, like John Travolta. And I don't know who had a child and. Somebody smacked it in the face with a shovel. If John Travolta times. and Sasquatch made it. Yes, I think so. It would well, look a little I, something I think like I Vance. said earlier, he, he, he just does not seem like a Southern guy. He looks very much like, you know, Jersey Shore. Yeah. Now, and, and in his defense, like, I, I think in my head, I had my little kid's uh, version of, you know, Tom Wopat that was sold to me in the 80s. And, you know, I looked up some shots of Tom Wopat. Tom Wopat's a pretty ugly guy in his own oh, right. So yes. They, <laughs> yeah. They were Don't at least consistent short. in that. I mean, John John Schneider, in all seriousness, like, he is clearly the looker in in yeah. all of this. And <laughs> Bo, and you Wopat, have my attention, sir. Well, yes. Wopat is, he's not the most attractive. He's the brains of the operation. That's right. <laughs> he's the he's, smart one. He's got personality. That's what it that's what it really boils down to. There's a line that Boss Hogg says. He says kidnapping. And it's probably going back to what we were talking about, this actor's like kid. It sounds like Eric Cartman all grown up. <laughs> when he says kidnapping, the way it, I was like, holy shit, this is what happens to Eric Cartman. He becomes like Boss Hogg. <laughs> then now there's also during all this conversation that happens in this scene, there's a great line that Uncle Jesse has. Um where he pauses for just a moment after he says uh, something's fat that I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Dennis, do you have that clip? Here, here I have. I have both of those. Listen, listen, listen. That's a fat Enos. All right, you dukes. We know you're in there and we know what you're up to. So just listen. You hand that Boss. female over to me before I have you all arrested for kidnapping. J.D., you might know he'd have his fat finger in this thing. He's gonna get this time. <laughs> his fat You comma, might know he'd have his fat well, you finger in this thing. There's a little uh, foghorn leghorn in there, I would say. Yes. It is. It's like foghorn leghorn meets Colonel Sanders. It's just like, you know how sometimes when Cartman gets super pissed, he can almost, he has a hard time like pushing the word out of his mouth. He's so pissed off. That's what it was. The kidnapping was reminding me of that. When you wrote that in your notes, I I went back and I got the clip. And when I watched it again, he does kind of squinch up his face when he says kidnapping, just like (laughs) Eric Cartman. It's it's dead on. Which leads me to believe that uh, 
Trey Parker uh, ripped off. True. That's true. Bit. That's that it's makes very, sense. very possible. The evolution of that makes a lot of sense, actually. Um, and then in this one scene, I noticed this at the beginning. This is one of Josh's notes about um, Natasha's wardrobe. Did you want to talk about that, Josh? Well, I, she just has, and I think it was probably just because it was like supposed to be her gymnast attire, you know, because she was representing her country. But she yeah, had I did notice this. CCCP on like every article of clothing. Yeah. yeah, I feel like at one point she starts with it. I could be wrong. She starts with a jacket with a hat it on, yeah. and she takes it that did. off as a sweater with it on it. Yes, <laughs> it's like we get it. You should see her bra. <laughs> if you, it's the same. Like if you ever worked on a show, like on a TV show, everybody has like the crew jacket and yeah. the crew sweatshirt and like the end of season T-shirt. Um, that's kind of like what it was. Everything she she owns has CCCP. It was it. the, I used to have a theory that production jackets in Los Angeles were like the equivalent of dogs sniffing each other's butts, where it was like, you'd see somebody in a party and you're like, oh, you, you worked on Frasier, huh? Well, I worked on, let me, let me turn around and show you the back of my <laughs> Murder, jacket. she wrote. Jesus. How old are these people at this party? <laughs> as, yes. as old as me, which is very, very old. Scott goes to old person parties. That's right. Act eight. The chase is on. The sheriff, Flash the Basset Hound, Boss Hog, and the Russians chase after the Duke boys and Natasha through the dirt roads of Hazard County. All's well until we come upon a construction site with a suspended clamshell digging bucket directly in front of them. Will they survive? Stay tuned. So as they're pulling away, Roscoe and Boss Hog and the Russians are in the squad car and they see uh, they see the escape being made by the, the Duke boys. And then... Uh, they have dialogue over that, but it's obviously done in ADR. Really, yes. really bad ADR. Here it is. Ah, they're running away with my Nobel Peace Prize. Oh, listen, don't you worry, you're a little chrome dome, bad buddy. <laughs> listen, nobody escapes Roscoe Country. Now, number one, if you were in a high-speed chase, um, you'd have to be yelling over the sound of your engine. And he's just very, oh, don't you worry, Yo, don't, little don't buddy. Don't you worry, my little buddy. He says so it, in a buttery <laughs> microphone. It's not that the ADR is bad. It's too good. Yeah. Um, it's it's like clearly he's in a booth somewhere and <laughs> and it's just, it's like buttery smooth and you don't get any of like the background sound or and the actor playing Roscoe is like a jazz musician at this at this point with how he announces his own name because he just creates <laughs> these unique new riffs for how he says his own name. Roscoe Pico Train. It's funny because at that point you got to figure, you know, five seasons in, like, yeah. you know, you you've got this shit down. So it's like, do you just? You just go with the, you know, the the sort of uh, did I do that, you know, <laughs> kind of thing that, you know, is going to get the laugh or do you try to play with it? Like it's it's an almost an unenviable position to be in. So this is also one of the first major cliffhanger um, moments that we get with the balladeer. So we talked a little bit earlier about how the balladeer is is probably the most well-known thing from the show and and we get a real cliffhanger here with the uh uh the general lee just barely getting through this uh this little bucket loader um kind of crane thing and then uh will 
the cop car with uh, Boss Hog and Roscoe and the Russians get through, we don't know. No, you're screwing this up, Brooklyn. They cliffhanger. I've had two beers. I don't know. They cliffhanger. They cliffhanger whether the whether the General Lee's going to get through. They, that's no, the thing. I don't even know no, what the, it I is. I thought the General Lee got through already. No, no, okay. it's not that. But then he says, "This little Russian's getting an education." This is the Hazard County version of Jaws, which doesn't make any fucking sense. I don't okay. know what he's talking about because it's the General Lee, right? I know it's, it's not even saying is the general Lee going to make no, no, it. No, I it's mean, isn't it the, they, they freeze frame with the general Lee, like not sure whether it's going to get past it. Well, what's not funny maybe, is you're maybe. at that point, you're, you're what? So jaws was 70, was it 76 or 77? So you're well beyond <laughs> like jaws, but they're like, what, what are the kids like? They like a star war and a jaws. <laughs> that, that's so out of date at that point. It's like us saying, yeah, Hazard County version of Norbit. <laughs> <laughs> that's not right. Yeah. That's not right. By the way, we should mention that uh, in the show, every time they jump one of the cars, that car is pretty much done. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. You blow the suspension on that bad boy. There's some cool We're shots We're not at online. a jumping scene here, though. So we, but I think no, I it think is a jumping. Right. Scene. It is a jumping. This scene. is not a jumping scene. Then we sir. pause at the jumping scene. That's no, this is not the pause. The pause is. I guess just, they don't. They don't. Yeah, jump. we have a jump. We have a jump. A jump pause coming up, but this is. But not this the is one. not it. They're simply driving underneath this bucket, and they're, as they're approaching it, they go, "Wow, this is like Jaw. This is going to be a bad thing for the Dukes." And then. When we come back to the scene, they just drive through. And oh, I thought it was yeah. one of those because they they always do the the pause when they're midair. I was yeah, I know. One. Yeah, this was right, nice. so seen us scrape this close since all the president's men. Oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> do I need to find the clip so we can actually play it live? No, I don't know, but I'm ready to go to Act Nine. <laughs> Let's go to Act Nine. <laughs> Fuck it, we'll fix it in post. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to fix this. In, I'll just cut the whole thing out. Whatever. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Act uh, 9? Will they survive? Yes. They just drive under it. But the pursuers aren't so lucky when they stop directly under the digging bucket as it falls and cuts the car clean in half with Hog and the sheriff in the front and the Russians in the back. Yep, it cut the car in half. Don't overthink it. Actually... Try not to think it at all. The car's in half. Deal with it. So once again, this is another example of how this show is so kind of cartoony and lighthearted. Like it, that that bucket thing, that that chomping bucket, whatever that piece of it, that piece of construction equipment would have just smashed the car. Um, but in the world of uh, it's Dukes a giant hazard, dirt digging kind yes, of like with, right with like laser surgical precision cuts the car clean in half. Yeah. Yes. With the back, with the with the back of the front seats, you know, like still intact, and you know the Russians just sitting in the back seat, completely fine. Yeah. Act ten. Those sneaky Russians, Borov and Andronovich, blow up the telephone lines out of Hazard County. So they're trying to stop the. If they can't like catch the Dukes and get Natasha back, yeah, they're going to stop them from calling in any sort of help. Um, so they blow up, they go out and find dynamite and they find one of those plunger (laughs) things and they blow up a telephone pole that somehow was easier than finding a ladder and a pair of wire cutters to do the same fucking thing. Seems like maybe easier ways to stop the Duke boys. I mean, I I don't know. Maybe. 
So yeah, the Russians are setting a wily e. coyote trap uh, <laughs> for the Duke boys by blowing up a telephone pole. So this really is a cartoon. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it it really is a cartoon. I mean, it really is, and we've been kind of joking about that, but I think they literally wear the same outfits. Uncle Jesse for seven years That's has true. literally worn the same outfit. Daisy has worn the same outfit. Boss Hog, unless he's exercising on a rowing machine, wears the same outfit. Everybody just wears cartoon character clothes. It's it's modeled after a cartoon. So in the TV show, they kind of make it sort of like a cartoon. In the cartoon show, do they do more realistic topics? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If that yeah, was the case. It's like a Beckett play in Uncle Jesse's got cancer in this episode of the cartoon <laughs> version of Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> Act 11. Act 11. Uncle Jesse and Cousin Daisy meet the Duke boys and Natasha at an abandoned barn to figure out what to do next. They plan to call the FBI and kill time watching hours of Coy uncomfortably creeping on Natasha, but the payphone is out of service. Coy is still creepy as fuck, though. It's true. It really is. So when they're talking about like what to do next, they, they get Uncle Jesse involved. What are we going to do? She wants to defect. And Koi says, well, from what I read, if someone wants to defect, they <laughs> da 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 And like, no, Koi, you, you're not much of a reader, okay? You don't even yeah. read stop signs, for Christ's sakes. There's <laughs> no way you're reading up on international politics and procedures. In all that reading what I've done. <laughs> and everybody seems to just give this really sort of like head tilt cuteness watching Koi creep on Natasha. Like everybody's just like, oh, and the only person who doesn't to me and is Uncle Jesse. He just he kind of almost does a double take of disgust at him. He just like looking at him going, what the fuck are you doing? You're 28 and she's 14. <laughs> but it's just one of those non scripted things where Koi is hitting on her once again in a in an incredibly uncomfortable way. And and only person that makes a remark I, he doesn't say anything he makes a, an expression his uncle jesse just kind of goes he just doesn't like coy because he's not Bo. oh true act 12 or coy meanwhile back in hazard county wait i didn't oh do it again act 12 meanwhile got it in there wow back in hazard a carload <laughs> of russians arrive they plot with Boss Hog to get resources for the search. <laughs> so I made a note on this that uh, this is, I think, the only might be the only time in the episode, but it's certainly the first time that the balladeer says, "Long about now, the Funk is, Soul Brother, check yeah. it out now, <laughs> check it out now, Funk, the soul, funk soul Brother." brother. No. That that is quite the staple of the balladeer and uh, Dukes of Hazard is the long about now. What what is that? What is how does the origins of that work? It, like, it, it's a right about now. It's right about that time. Okay, kind of thing. But yeah, long about now. Also, uh, fun fact: the Russian bus is called the General Leopold. <laughs> <laughs> you can cut that out. It's just uh. it's just about an hour and a half late. It's a great line when we first talked about the bus. Where have you been? <sighs> and and what are we are we crushing a car in the background of somebody's audio? Sorry, that was my son getting ice out of our refrigerator. 
is he is he using a hammer and a chisel to get the fucking ice out? What is he doing? Also, you keep you keep ice in the refrigerator. <laughs> Put it in the freezer for Christ's sakes. Works better if you freeze it. Ice that you ice that you keep in the refrigerator is called water. <laughs> How dare you? Act thirteen. The search is on. Dappy, Deputy Enos. <laughs> Dappy Deputy Enos. <laughs> Dappy Deputy Enos, friend of the Dukes, but employed by Boss Hog. Leads the Russians through the dirt roads of Hazard County, looking for Natasha, while the Duke boys and Cousin Daisy take her to Cooters to use the phone. <laughs> so, uh, Enos is designed to be like the moral center of the show. Um, and Sonny Schroyer, who's the actor that plays Enos, pulls that off really, really well. Um, all credit due to him, with the exception of the fact that nine times out of ten, you can't understand a word the fucking guy's saying. There <laughs> is a true. line that the balladeer has um, where he's referring to the Russians and he says, their English wasn't too good. Well, neither was Enos's. Here, here it is. Poor old Enos found himself in the middle, as usual, having to follow boss's orders to find that girl when his heart wasn't really in it. Of course, them Russians had their problems, too. Their English wasn't too good. Well, neither was Enos's. <laughs> that's uh, a fairly accurate assessment. I don't know if it's that accurate because the Russian's English was a lot better than Enos's. Uh, <laughs> no, I totally uh, never I had a problem right understanding them. Yeah. I Well, I think if we're going to break it down, you know, English versus enunciation. Um, I don't know point. that it's Enos's English is bad as much as dude can't get a word out of his fucking mouth. He's, uh, he's the essence of mumbly Joe. Act 14. The chase is on. Enos catches up with the Dukes and they drive away on a dirt road. And another Russian car catches up with the Dukes and they drive away on a dirt road. And then as everyone is converging on them, they swerve away and leap over a dry riverbed and all the other cars crash into one another. I might have described this more excitingly than it actually was to watch. It was just a bunch of cars driving on dirt roads. That's right. It's yeah. Like wa wagon train just keeps wagon training. You know, these guys just keep driving. I think the thing that made this uh, exciting was the cows that they put in the middle of the roads <laughs> yes. as obstacles. I swear to God, I was watching that freaking out because it's clear they're actual cows. Yep. And there's cows that are just meandering, as cows do, into the roadway where these speeding cars are going. And you're like, geez, I hope that cow decides not to keep going because that could hey, be really if ugly if they if they hit them that's uh one less dollar craft services has to spend right <laughs> that's right so yeah um so now this scene heralds the return of an inside the idiot box classic <laughs> of the fuck did you just say and oh, the, it happens with enos d-u-j-s-i Something along those lines. But it happens with Enos, and I think it's around the 23-minute mark. Dennis, did you have that one? Yes, he is on the CB radio with the Russians. Here it is. This is Hazard 2 calling comrade number 2. Come in. This is Androvich. Proceed. If y'all are where you're supposed to be, it's my bounding duty to tell you to hang a 90 at the intersection. You want me to hang who? Well, that means to take a short right turn, sir, and keep your eyes open now. I'm gone. How could he be gone when he was never here? I don't know about <laughs> y'all, but I didn't understand either one of them. 
Uh, no, I didn't understand Enos. The Russian was fine. Yes. <laughs> so they make a lot of jokes about not understanding Enos. And I think that uh, the actor does a pretty good job of sort of playing that. But this this is sort of above and beyond in that he <laughs> <laughs> gets it. Yo, just and then the right turn. I mean, it's funny when you think about the fact that the character that you can't you can't understand is the one that gets his own spinoff show. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> exactly. L.A. will set him straight, Josh. Let me see if I can find the exact spot that he was completely unintelligible. Is y'all the way you're supposed to be? It's my bounty duty. Hey, hanging out here at the intersection. Wait, what? Y'all, where are you supposed to be? It's a bucket back to tender down down at ninety. It's, right, so his, it's his duty to tell you, but did we figure here, out what he actually hang says? Hang on, hang on. Here, here it is again. If y'all are where you supposed to be, it's my bounty duty. Hey, hanging out here at the intersection. I think you're right, Jeff. It's it's my something, my bound duty, or it's my bound yeah. It could be duty. my bound duty to tell you. If y'all are where you supposed to be, it's my bound duty. Hey, hanging out here at the intersection. But it sounds like he. My yeah, bounding almost. Yeah, it's my, my bound and duty. I don't know why it says bound and duty. So now I have to also point out that this is where I believe we get the first obligatory General Lee jump of the episode. Yeah. So every episode, um, if you're a fan of the show, you know that General Lee has to do a jump off something. Um, and... Uh, I think, Josh, earlier you brought up a point about, like, there's no way a vehicle could survive this kind of shit in real life. Yeah, well, I had read that uh, every time they f- they filmed it jumping, like, when it would land, it would the frame would essentially break, and they couldn't they couldn't <laughs> drive it or use it for anything. So there's, like, a there's a photograph online of just, like, lines of broken and, and busted General Lee cars. It's crazy. <laughs> it's almost like you'd think they'd film, like, two or three of them and just go, we're yeah. done. Just use it as stock footage at yeah. this point. And no. this is also another scene where the General Lee does the jump, completes the jump and then immediately stops to wait to see what the vehicles behind them are doing. And I was they like, need to make sure why the fuck are fine. they always stopping after getting away? You, you got to make sure everybody driving. is fine in the cars. Cause yeah. they all, they all crashed. They could be injured and need help. What if they didn't though, then you'd get caught. Just but the keep Dukes, driving. The Dukes need to make sure everybody's fine and doesn't need any first aid attention. Well, it's, you know, they're And if you had listened to Cooter, I mean, sorry, not Cooter. If you'd listen to Enos, you'd know that's the right thing to do. Although it is a good idea to always listen to your Cooter. <laughs> it it tells you things. That's right. I uh, What I do is I take my Cooter and I put it up to my ear and I can hear the ocean. <laughs> that's how much I listen to it. Act 15. Back at Cooter's garage... Koi uh, and Natasha show up to use the phone and they discover all the phone lines in the counties are out. Vance posits an idea to fly Natasha out using Daisy's flight instructor and his plane, but Darcy's out dusting crops for hours yet. So they figure since all the phone lines are down, uh-huh, that there's no way that the Russians wouldn't also have uh you know, all of the roads out of town, like roadblocked too, which they don't, they never even mention that. They don't say anything about that, but yeah. I guess the Dukes don't know that. So they figure, okay, well, obviously what we have to do is use Darcy's plane to fly her to Atlanta. sounds like a pretty good plan to me. Sure. Act 16. 
It's courting time at the old abandoned barn. Koi and Natasha are hitting it off, talking and gymnasticizing until Vance and Daisy cockblock them, hazard style. Yeah, so uh, Koi is showing off his gymnasticize uh, skills or whatever. He does a backflip and he's got like really tight, tight jeans and he's wearing yeah. boots. <laughs> so he should get like extra points for doing a backflip like that. But uh, I was going to say... If Koi gets to do a backflip, then Natasha should get to, like, you know, jump a car off of something. <laughs> it only seems fair. They're clearly capitalizing on Byron Cherry's ability, like, in real life to do a backflip. Yeah. I believe the technical term is general leap. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> Took a general leap. That's why we keep Parker here. Um <laughs> They're like Byron Cherry is totally doing that in in the scene like they're you know, they're not fudging it. It's not a stunt guy. Whereas Natasha, like when she's doing her flips and her walkovers, it's clearly somebody else like in a wig. So it's almost like they were like, well, what can you do besides be John Schneider? Do a backflip. OK, we'll write that into the episode. Yeah, but then they had to get you know, Ray Walston to put a wig on and do some backflips for <laughs> Natasha's scene. He should have backflipped over a uh, ravine. <laughs> and then freeze then, frame. Like, like they, yeah, they could freeze him <laughs> midway through. <laughs> well, where is that Byron cherry going to land next? Um, there's also, I believe uh, he has a line to Natasha where he says, I'm sorry, I guess I'm coming on too fast. And I thought, yes, Yes, you are. <laughs> yeah. You need to slow down. Slow down like <laughs> 10 years. Yes. Then maybe you guys can date. Get some sort of time machine. Act 17. Meanwhile, uh, I'm not Darcy too Darcy gets back early from... <laughs> Does that count? I guess. Oh, whatever. Darcy gets back early from crop dusting and calls Daisy back. But unlike 30 minutes ago, the Dukes determine talking on the CB is bad. And the Russians could be listening, but it doesn't matter because everybody figures out to go to the airport anyway. Sheriff Roscoe takes a shortcut that lands him and Boss Hog in a big mud puddle. Coo-coo-coo. Yeah, that was like a big deal. Like, oh, don't don't get on the radio because they might be they might be listening to us. Don't answer Darcy back. But they were all having a big old long conversation about what they were going to do. Like, you know, half an hour earlier. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And then they continue to talk later in the in like 30 minutes from now and yeah. get back on the radio. So I, I just think they had a momentary sense of caution that just sort of went away. Hazard style. Um, And the Russians are given uh these rental cars from Boss Hogs, like uh, used car lot. But they're all like these massive Plymouths that are like twenty five <laughs> foot long, you know, land yachts. You rented them by the foot. <laughs> this is really the car of choice for high speed dirt, you know, road driving. In the late seventies and early eighties, yes, yes, they were. Uh, I, I say Plymouths, but I couldn't tell which car they were. I've got your attention now. Act eighteen. <laughs> The Dukes get to the airport, but the Russians show up with guns. Looks like they're in a real pickle when Daisy Duke kicks the gun out of Akami's hand and the fight is on. And immediately off again because they have guns. The Russians take Natasha, shoot out the General Lee's tire, and drive off. Darcy's been injured. Uh, so when they get to the airfield, uh, Vance and, they're all in the same car. Vance and Daisy head in to go talk to Darcy and Coy and Natasha wait outside and they have a three minute scene together. And then by the time 
Koi and Natasha walk in, Daisy says to Darcy, like, Darcy, we have a, a real big favor yeah, yeah. to ask you. Like, That's true. what were you guys talking about for the three <laughs> minutes of the other two were How outside? How was crop dusting? So, um... Were you crop dusting? <laughs> so was there crop dusting going on? Or so what? were there, like, lots of weevils? Or... <laughs> It was very strange. But once again, the editor or the script, whoever was in charge of continuity also was replaced with somebody who wasn't as good as the original person. Um, I think what they were talking about the whole time was Darcy's plan to attack the airspace over the Russian's head during the fight because <laughs> he just totally makes a dive over his head to set him up to be thrown yes. to land in some boxes so that they can say, you know, oh, the stunt guy hurt his head. Daisy kicks the gun and Darcy immediately leaps over the top of a Russian. But <laughs> he leaps in a way that is like, like almost ballerina like. It really like, is. So that he can be grabbed by his like hips and then thrown over the head of the so-called If you Russian. look in the dictionary under pre-choreography, <laughs> this guy's there. Act 19. Back at Hazard County Jail, Enos has to lock up Natasha. So this is an interesting scene because Boss Hog and Roscoe come in from the previous scene where their vehicle has been stuck in the mud and yet they're both covered in soot. Yeah, it's like they stopped off to clean a few chimneys after getting out of the mud <laughs> exactly. hole and then they went were to just the jail. chilling with Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> Which is, by the way, the next uh, my next podcast is called yes, Chilling, Chilling with, with Dick Van Dyke. If we could all be so lucky. This scene also uh, heralds the return of the sun of the fuck did you just say? The yeah. T-F-D-U-J-S? Yes. So in this one, uh, Enos... Uh, Refers to the Dukes a couple of times, and boy, it sure sounds like he's saying another word, at least to me. Let's see. Yeah, let's let's listen. Please, miss, please don't cry, ma'am. With the Dukes on your side, maybe things ain't as bad as they seem. Um, with well, the Dukes on your side, nothing now is ever Now hold on, bad. everybody. He might not have been saying the Dukes, because what if the Dicks were on her side? <laughs> Well, with the dicks that, on her side. Would that help her situation if the dicks were on her side? I how could it not? Seems like it might. Can't hurt. But that is nothing in comparison <laughs> with his next line, which as near as I can tell is something along the lines of Shucks Poshmagumbish. Oh, okay. Here. Shucks. Hosmona Gumbush, man, they are the dicks, ain't they? <laughs> whoa, whoa, God damn what? you! Actually, Fuck. I Shucks, was a little Gumbush. They are the dicks, ain't they? I was a little skeptical about your interpretation of what he said. Poshmagum, Poshmagumbush, Hosmona Gumbush, man, they are the dicks, ain't they? <laughs> Sorry, Poshmom Gumbush, Poshmom Gumbush, man. <laughs> they are the dicks, ain't they? Hosmona Gumbush, man, they are the dicks, ain't they? <laughs> What the goddamn hell is he saying? So, okay, so I actually know the answer to this. Ooh, Holy crap. Um, I, I did the research on this one, and I had forgotten, in true sort of 80s sitcom or TV show style, and along the lines of, you know, Roscoe having his cute, 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 
they wanted to give Enos a catchphrase, and the catchphrase is possum on a gum bush. Wow. So he is saying possum on a gum bush. Oh, obviously. Um, now that you say that. Okay, but possum on what? a gum bush, man, they are the dicks, ain't they? <laughs> there you go. He's what? still saying the dicks, obviously, but, you know, what it is possum, possum on a gum bush. What does possum on a gum bush, how is that a th- the what is fuck if I again it's it's the sorrel book uh school of well that sounds weird that's what southerners say right that's how they sound possum on a gum bush and I mean I know there's a possum but a gum bush is a thing uh well a gum tree I assume it could be a bush at some point but <laughs> act 20 meanwhile <laughs> At the Hazard County Hospital, Darcy has a concussion and can't fly. Enos calls the Dukes, and they decide to meet along with Uncle Jesse at Cooter's Garage, where Enos tells them about the Russians' plan for sneaking out Natasha. But Vance has got a plan of his own, where Daisy will do the flying. Again, they're getting on the CB, which I thought we had just established was being listened to by like everybody (laughs) and they're like cool cool we'll just like go meet up and seems like a good time to talk on it again (laughs) and just sort of like even if you're meeting at something in secret you know you're meeting with enos and it seems like you could just address that straight up but uh okay well at least with enos they cover it with him saying you know if you do anything outright illegal I got to deal with it. Other than that, I'm going to kind of tip you off to the best that I can about what's going on. The other thing was they asked to meet Enos at the place where they had lunch last week. And then they all show up at Cooter's Garage. So I was just like, what what kind of fucking what's going down here? Welcome to Cooter's Garage and Cafe. (laughs) (laughs) Can I start you with some chicken wings? Just just seemed like a weird thing. But I don't know. Maybe they all just brought their own box lunch. And that we could jam in Cooter's Garage. Act 21. The Russians, the sheriff and Boss Hogg all have separate cars going every which way so that no one could possibly know which one contained Natasha. Although in the previous scene, Enos told the Dukes that they were going to do that, so (laughs) whatever. Yeah, Act 22. Meanwhile, Vance is looking over the newly welded spikes on the side of his uh, truck. Is that that Uncle Jesse's truck, by the way? It is, yeah. So they welded spikes on the side of Uncle Jesse's trucks, which just got fixed. Fine. Cooter watches the uh, Russian cars and figures out which one has Natasha, and Daisy takes off from the airport in Darcy's plane. My only note on this scene was that Uncle Jesse's truck in this sequence is just, when you see the welding on it, is straight up Road Warrior. Yeah. And so I thought, be still, Vance. I understand (laughs) your pain. We've all lost someone we love, but we do it my way. Can you say coo 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 in that voice? Q Q Q. Very good. Vance. <laughs> Vance Q. Act 23. The rescue is on. Cooter slows down the Russian cars with his tow truck while Vance comes out and peels off the doors of the car containing Natasha. Daisy crop dusts the car so it stops as Uncle Jesse drives the General Lee up so Koi can grab Natasha. From a confused Borov. Koi and Natasha jump into the trunk of the General Lee, 
holding onto a rope tied through the cabin as it speeds off. Daisy comes in low with the rope ladder and Natasha jumps on and escapes. Okay, so here's how this all breaks down. So the plan is they know that Natasha's in the second car. So Cooter is in his tow truck and he kind of cuts off the first car and slows it down. And that allows Vance, who's in Uncle Jesse's truck with the spikes on the side to come up to the second car, which Natasha is in, and start ripping the side panels and the doors off of it. For some reason, it doesn't like stop the car to do that, or it's not like it's, you know, no reason to, to actually and, and cut it it's, up. And it's worth emphasizing, this is the car that Natasha's in. Oh, the girl so they're the, trying to rescue? Yeah, so the person oh. they're trying to rescue could end up on the end of these road warrior spikes on the side of Uncle Jesse's truck, a la Alfred Molina in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Exactly. So then Daisy comes in and crop dusts the caravan of Russian cars, including Natasha, <laughs> with DDT or whatever was in the frickin' plane that Darcy was killing bull weevils with just a few hours ago. That makes the car stop. Once again, the Road Warrior spikes didn't make the car stop. It was all the poison that the airplane <laughs> dropped on them. Then Uncle Jesse, who's driving the General Lee, and by the way, you never get to watch Uncle Jesse squeeze into the window of the General Lee, which I'm really pissed <laughs> off about. I would love to see that. Good point. He's driving the General Lee. Coy is in the passenger seat. They drive up to the stopped patrol car that Natasha was in, grab her, and jump onto the back of the trunk of the General Lee, holding onto a rope. Uh, and then they drive away. Then Daisy comes in with the airplane and drops a rope ladder. Natasha grabs onto it and Daisy flies off with Natasha dangling from the rope ladder. And at no point do they make an attempt to show Natasha like climbing up the ladder. She's just hanging there, which leads me to believe that she is hanging there all the way to Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. Still hanging there now, probably. <laughs> That's right. Even as we speak. So I, I have to say that, um, and this was only like a couple of years ago, once I learned that crop dusting was slang for silently farting as you walk through a room, <laughs> it can't mean anything else to me ever again. So anytime you say crop dusting in this episode, I imagine that it's somebody just silently farting the whole way. So Daisy crop dusted Natasha. 100%. And you're just like, well, technically Daisy do crop top dusts. That's a terrible joke. We're going to cut that out. We're going to cut that out. So tearing the doors off wasn't necessary at all. It was the no. crop dusting that got it to got the car to stop. Yes. It was the fact that everybody was dead and from inhaling insecticide. The amount of straight road they needed to actually pull off the rescue itself because I think Daisy missed the first time and had to fly around again. That's right. And and go in. Yes. And so I'm like, there is at least 15 miles of straight road that they were on where you could just fucking land the the damn plane, casually get up and seat yourself in and put on a seatbelt and maybe a helmet <laughs> and take off again versus this. Why do they need to do like this weird maneuver where yeah. they're like riding on the back of the General Lee and jumping on a rope ladder? Do you know what that maneuver is called when you ride on the back of the General Lee? What? It's called uh, General Leaming the Cube. No. 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 Okay. Let's cut no. that out. We're cutting no. that out. We're going to no. cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> Act 24. Natasha gets her citizenship. Boss Hog is foiled. Darcy gets some sweet, sweet Daisy lovin', sort of. 
and the Russians are sent to Siberia. I'm just kidding. They were executed. Ugh. <laughs> hey, not to <laughs> go back in time here, but Daisy flew her to Atlanta, right? Yeah. Did Daisy know what airport to stop at? Like, is there... Hmm. Well, and how did Natasha get caught up in, like, not get caught up in layover? Because Atlanta's just the worst. <laughs> well, maybe uh, maybe Natasha, like, rode the ladder the whole way, and then Daisy never landed. She just, like, she just let go of the ladder and then, like, did a gymnast tumble through yeah. the window of the FBI building in Atlanta. Now, we get closed out with Uncle Jesse making a joke um, that <laughs> east is east and south is south. And I just wrote, is that a Russia joke or a fuck the North joke or what? What did you it's guys know? Like what the joke was there? It's a poem that is called East is East and and West is West. But I don't recall like the meaning behind it, but it's a famous poem. I mean, I should say it's a poem. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know it's if all that famous, famous is right. But well, it was famous enough for. Uh, old Southern man who runs a farm to know it, you know? Yes. Yeah. I guess. And do you think that the replacement Duke boys knew what he was talking about? Or they were just, <laughs> they were just sort of laughing to, they would know, laugh. I would have bought it more bit. if he had been like, East is East and South is South. And the rest of that shit went right in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some, I don't know. <laughs> oh my God. And that is the end. Not the end of the series, but the end. I think was that the, was that the last episode that those guys? No. Were in? So they have one more episode after this, and then they are uh, somewhat unceremoniously kicked to the curb for uh, Coy and Vance. And oh and God. what and what was the moral of the story, guys? Oh, I'll tell you. The moral is nothing bad will happen to you with them dicks on your side. <laughs> I think the moral is east is east and south is south. And the rest of that shit goes in my mouth. (laughs) Um, I'm going to do that the next time it's my turn to say grace. (laughs) My moral is always wear your seatbelt in case a suspended clamshell digging bucket cuts your car in half. That's a good point. Cuts it clean in half. One can never be too safe in that regard. I had one other thing, unless Josh had a moral. <laughs> no, continue, please. <laughs> Is what what would your Duke name be? Oh. So we got Daisy Duke, we got Vance Duke, we got Koi Duke, we got Luke Duke, and we got <laughs> Bo Duke. What kind of Duke would you be? What's your Duke name? Uh, my Duke name would be Franz Ferdinand Duke. <laughs> Franz Ferdinand Duke. <laughs> Franz Ferdinand, comma, Duke. Is that not... That's fine. Anybody going to get that? I uh-huh. figured I'd be uh, Dickie Duke. Yeah. But then I was also thinking that uh, if Dukes of Hazard went on for like more seasons and they were like kind of jumping the shark, they would have like a an Atticott Rathbone Duke the Third show up who would be <laughs> played by like Lester Fletcher from, from that last episode we did with Buck Rogers. Do you remember that actor? Who is who are you talking about? <laughs> I I don't remember. He was he was the guy who bent aluminum shit all the time. M D Toman? Yes. Yes. The actor that played M D Toman would play this fancy fancy distant cousin from England called Atticott Rathbone Duke the Third, and they'd just be like, oh, I don't know what to do with him, but he'd have all these like 
mannerisms and stuff, and they'd just be like, you just are so funny. Would he be able to be stronger than the rest of them and break stuff out of <laughs> aluminum as well? Yeah, I guess he That's would. That's because he grew up in Alabama, and the gravity is different. Gravity's different there in Alabama. <laughs> yes. But anyway, I'm um, Dickie Duke. Are you going to write this fan fiction or? It seems it just, like a, I don't know. I just, when I said it, it seemed right. It seemed <laughs> right to have this character who right. was going to be so fish out of water. He's like still a Duke, but he's not like the, any Duke that we know. And he talks funny and he's got funny. Th- he likes to like, he eats his hamburgers with a fork and knife. It's funny. <laughs> he does funny things. Josh, do you have a Duke name? <laughs> Uh, I would be uh, uh, Donald Duke. (laughs) Yeah. You think nobody can understand some of the Dukes? Nobody can understand Donald Duke. That's true. Nobody. That's true. And the reason he's not on the show is because he's out, like, you know, serving in the Navy. That makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, Scott. In honor of Enos, I would be uh, a 10-inch dick. No. I did say Duke. You heard me. You heard, like me. You, said- you heard me, right? Not oh 10 God. inch dick. It's 10 inch Duke. All right. Well, that's the end of the Dick Boys. And uh, for our next episode, it is Josh's turn to choose. What are we going to be watching, Josh? Well, we're going we're gonna to do something a little different this time around. Uh, I'm going to go with a, uh, a two part episode. We have not done one of those yet. Ooh. Um, mm. But uh, with a little twist, uh, we're not going to watch both parts we're gonna watch uh we're gonna watch the uh thank you for your interest i really appreciate it (laughs) genuinely appreciate that it's a two-part episode and fuck you yeah you're only watching one no but there's a reason why we're doing that we're we're gonna watch the first part and then we're just we're all gonna take a guess or have you guys take a guess of uh, how it ends and then we'll Ah. compare notes and go over what actually actually happens intriguing it's a batshit crazy episode of television so the chances are getting it right are going to be very slim. So okay. it will be yeah. like any given Reddit message board. For the most part, yeah. This episode. What, okay, so what are, what are we watching? Uh, it's an episode the- of the 80s classic Punky Brewster. Oh Punky, my God. Punky, Punky Brewster. Isn't it romantic? Which also had a cartoon uh, spinoff show. So Hey, that's right. Didn't she have, it wasn't like a little gremlin that she had or something yeah. like that? Yeah, I think so. Okay, well then I guess that's what we're going to do. We're going to watch a one part of a two-part Punky Brewster episode, <laughs> and then we are going to guess what the second part was about. That sounds pretty exciting. I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm down This is a, this is a bonkers uh, episode of television, just so you guys know. All right. Well, then uh, let's, uh, let's end this monstrosity for now, and we'll catch you guys back up next week. All right. Sounds good. Good night, everybody. Bye. Good night, gang. Good night. Y'all. I made a note. Them commies show got gumption. Cause we're southern, you see. Um, the them commies is that what the bandolier says? Um, I don't know why I wrote them commies <laughs> show got gumption. <laughs> But I put it in quotation marks, so did they say it in the episode? Scott, I don't how many beers has Scott had? Scott, I, Scott, I hate to tell you, but uh, I'm going to cut that out. <laughs> Please. I would like nothing more. Oh, my God.